The Money Show. Other people's money. Other people's money guests this evening, the former Springbok loose head prop, Tendai, the beast, Mtawarira, is on the line to us this evening. One of your old lecturers remembers you, Tendai. Do you remember when you were with the Sharks and you, uh, I think you did a BCom, didn't you? Hey, Bruce, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Uh, yes, I was doing a BCom uh, in marketing, uh, but I didn't complete it. I just did Did you complete it? Yeah, I couldn't finish it because rugby rugby took over, man, and I had to stop. (laughs) That is so annoying. Although I didn't know that you didn't finish it, but um, you were apparently a very good student. And I'm told this by one of your lecturers. His name uh, is Viv (laughs) Governor, and Viv is with Rand Swiss. Do you remember Viv? Yes, I remember Viv very well. And, uh, yeah, we had some fun times. I was always attentive and always aced my assignments. That's for a fact. Well, let's see if he says the same thing about you. Uh, <laughs> yes, and this makes me feel very old because now he's retired and one of my students has now retired. <laughs> so can you imagine how old that makes me feel? What was the context of your teaching him? Uh, uh, the Sharks run a, oh, used to run an academy uh, for people that were basically quite young after high school. But, you know, you, you can't play rugby part-time. You have to be a pretty full-time player when you're like 18 or 19. And so they ran an academy and they had uh, three streams. It was a BCom, a diploma and a coaching course for the guys that weren't academically gifted. Beast, of course, was in the BCom. He was quite a smart student and one of my best students, by the way. Um, and I think I taught him for either one and a half or two years uh, for second and third year economics. There we go. You're a good student. So you get the thumbs up uh, from, from Viv Governor. And do you, feel, do you feel bad about the fact that you didn't manage to complete? I mean, I think so many people sort of get distracted by life and life is much more exciting than studying. And later on, you get a bit older and you go, oh, I wish I'd finished. Do you wish you'd finished? Well, you know what? Uh, at the time, I definitely regretted uh, stopping, you know, my BCom. But fortunately, I resurrected my studies. Oh, I'm, uh, just, I just completed my postgraduate diploma. I'm on, I'm on my way to finishing it, and then yeah, going into an MBA soon. Oh, good. Okay, so you're not giving up on academia then completely, because since moving on from yeah. rugby, you've actually gone into business, and you've gone into business with another ex-Springbok, a man by the name of. Val Bartman, of course, and that's with Fidelity Security. Tell me about Umlindi Security, where you are now chief executive. Oh, no, thank you. Yes, that was a relationship that started about 10 years ago, and I was very fortunate to meet, you know, Val Bartman when I was still playing uh, for the Sharks, and he came to visit, and uh, I think he really uh, loved my brand and decided to make me the brand ambassador for the company. And then from there, I actually started learning about the business. Uh, something about the security in a world really attracted to me in a big way. And uh, yeah, and I learned, I did my induction whilst I was still playing rugby. I was spending time in the office and he was my mentor and great friend. And now he's given me the, you know, the opportunity to run uh, a small business that is supported by Fidelity, which is called Mlindi. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm busy, you know, at right now, you know, trying to grow this business here. Do you miss the rugby? <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I don't miss it. I, I was I had an amazing journey. You know, I got to, to play so many games and I got to win so many how, trophies. How many? And, how many games were there? Because there were lots. <laughs> 
There were lots. Jeez, I played over probably over 350 first-class games. So that is a lot of rugby, you know, for the Sharks and the Springboks and mm. also Curry Cup. So it's a, that's a lot of rugby, man. <laughs> How's your body? I mean, I mean I, I'm not asking from a, from a, from an aesthetic point of view, but is it has it held <laughs> together all right? Yes, fortunately, my body's in good shape. You know, I was I was very lucky that I didn't get so many injuries in all my my career. You know, the worst I got was a broken ankle. So, and I managed to play from back to back seasons. So, my neck and my back, you know, sometimes I feel it from the scrubbing. You know, it's a bit stiff and so, but uh, you know, nothing too bad. So, I'm really happy about that. Talk to me about money. I mean, you you had the huge advantage. I, did, I don't think Val played professional rugby. I think he was in the pre-professional era. I don't want to date him because he's a big and imposing guy. But um, you had the advantage of professional sport um, to, to, to earn a buck. Um, is, is that why you went into rugby as a youngster or was it for the love of the game? Oh, no, I think it was for both. And just to correct you there on the first one, Val actually played at the highest level. He played for the Springboks. In the no, no, I did, but he did. Yeah, did he make you know money that, right? out of it? Did he make money though? Did uh, he was he in the pay think, pay for era? I think it was uh, semi professional in mm. his time. So I think so. Yeah. Quite, uh, yeah. So yeah, and I think and then your uh, other question. Yes, you know, I definitely got into rugby because I wanted to change my life, and uh, you know, I wanted to be able to provide for my family. But the biggest thing above all was the passion and love I had for the game. So it was just an added bonus for me to actually be able to earn, you know, some good money and actually mm-hmm. provide for my family. So I guess it was the best of both worlds. You know? How uh, how how does coming from Zimbabwe at the time that you came from Zimbabwe influenced your view? on money yeah i think it did uh played a huge psyche in my mind because yeah you know i came from yeah from uh, a really tough place a really tough situation and as you know in zimbabwe things were really bad at that time i left in 2004 beginning of 2005 and you know the economy was on the brink of collapsing and um yeah so you know we didn't have much my mom and dad didn't have much and all they did for me was trying you know give me the best startup in life you know for me and my siblings and i basically you know came to south africa with just two thousand rand in my name that was everything i had and i had to try and uh, support myself so i really valued money and wasn't the overspending type i always wanted to take care of you know the little i had uh, and and when did the professional rugby career truly take off? I mean, when did you realize that this was going to be um, a, a way to to achieve that goal of yours of, of financial independence? I think, uh, yeah, the, the big uh, turning point, uh, I guess, in my journey was uh, in 2007 uh, when I played my first year uh, of uh, professional rugby for for the Sharks, and that's when I also got a senior contract, and there was like a significant bump in my earnings, and it was quite. You know, I had to pinch myself to actually realize you know, that <laughs> I, I had so much money. It's like it was ridiculous. Like, you know, I could actually buy a car now. I could afford to buy a house. 
You know, I could buy myself as many Nando's chickens that I wanted a week. <laughs> <laughs> so it was quite surreal. <laughs> um, did you fall into the trap of, of, of people who become successful at sport? Because so many people are just so overwhelmed suddenly where, hold on a second, I'm doing this thing that I love doing. I would probably do it for nothing, but they're paying me to do it. And that's to play rugby. Um, and they pay me well to do it, and suddenly my life has changed fundamentally. Did you fall into any of, of, of the bad traps of, um, you know, uh, as George Best put it, I think the great Manchester United footballer, um, I, I spent my money on, on booze, women, and fast cars. The rest I just wasted, or the rest I just squandered. I think that is roughly what he said. Did you, did you have that sort of hellraiser approach when you, when you first started playing rugby, or were you already settled in family life by then? Uh, fortunately, um, you know, I, was, uh, I, was, I didn't fall into that trap, you know, because I surrounded myself with some really great mentors. Like I mentioned now, you know, Val, you know, Val Bartman really gave me a lot of good life lessons and taught me to make, you know, the, you know, the best decisions for my future. And I also had a guy called Jeremy Thompson. Uh, he was he's an ex-Sharks player. And he was also probably my manager at the time. So uh, there was a lot of people giving me the correct advice. So, I, you know, the first thing I did when I got, you know, decent money, I invested in real estate. You know, huh? that, was, that became a huge passion of mine to accumulate, you know, properties. Okay, we'll talk about that in just a second, accumulating properties um, and whether or not you've made any bad mistakes along the way because that's always more interesting. But we'll pick up with Tendai Mtawarira this evening, The Beast on The Money Show. The Money Show. Other people's money. That other person this evening is Tendai Mtawarira, the chief executive of Umlindi Security as part of Fidelity. You'll be known as Loosehead Prop the Beast. Ten years of uh, professional rugby, 350 caps for the Sharks and for the Springboks. Um, an extraordinary rugby career, and we're talking money. Um, when you look at the, the, the property and decisions that you've made, um, is it all residential property, Tendai? I mean, is that what you're focused on exclusively? Have you built yourself a portfolio or are, are you happy with having just uh, one or two? Oh, yes. No, yeah. no, I basically focused on residential Oh, uh, uh, Tendai, I'm sorry, the, the line has gone all muffled and a bit crazy. I don't know if you've got a microphone you can move slightly further away from uh, just to to check it out a little bit. Um, uh, let's try that. That's much better, much, much better. Thank you. Sorry, I was asking about a property portfolio and what, what informs your, your choice and your decision making. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so I've always tried to be opportunistic, you know, in terms of buying properties that I know will probably increase in value, you know, over a certain period in time. And I always kind of looked at, you know, um, having property, having fixed assets as probably the way to go, you know. Um, so I've never been that guy to look at the stock, you know, exchange and you know, try and invest in shares and all of that stuff. That's never been my game. I've always looked at, you know, actually having something tangible. So, uh, and over the years, uh, you know, I've invested in, in yeah, in a number of uh, residential uh, properties in Joburg and Durban, and I want to expand that going forward because it is actually a big passion of mine, and I think that is probably the safest way of investing. Some people might say no, you know, they look at other stuff, but property has been my main thing. 
It's amazing how many guests on this feature do talk to us about property and how they build, you know, and building property portfolios. It's the people like uh, uh, like yourself enjoy the physical asset, like being able to go and you know visit and or at least drive past and say, you know what, I own that. That is mine. Um, and it, it, it's a real sense of ownership and it's a real sense of, of physical value. So you've, you've never taken up uh, a stock market. You don't have a retirement annuity. I mean, even in your job as chief executive, they're not worrying about the fact that you don't have a, a formal pension plan. No, I actually do. I do have a okay. retirement annuity. Uh, so it is set up. But, you know, yes, it is something that, um, yeah, that, that I'm obviously glad to have. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of what I, you know, look at as something that, you know, I'm really passionate about, you know, investing in is real estate. So it is okay. an added bonus to get my retirement annuity. And, yeah. Other than, other than Nando's chickens and residential property, what do you like to spend money on? Do you have any, uh, any bad money habits that uh, you need to confess to us? Okay. Uh, yes, uh, I have. Uh, uh, yeah, some bad habits. I'll probably say the biggest one is that I love to travel. You know, I'm a big. Uh, I like to to see the world. You know, I've been very fortunate enough to you know to travel with the Springboks, with sure. you know the Sharks for so many years. But I still try and venture out to places that I've never been. So you know, that's probably something I like to spend money on. You know, travel and also. You know, yeah, just you know, enjoying the libraries of different countries. What's what's the first place that you want to visit when you're allowed to leave and go on a trip? What's the what's 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 burning you? Where where do you want to go? The United States. I'm a big fan of the US. Uh, I've been there a few times. Uh, so I always love going to New York, LA. You know, even Miami. So it's my favorite place to visit. Do you do you travel with your kids? Do you take family along with you, or is 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 travel purely a luxury for you? No, I take my family with. You know, I've been on a uh, some really uh, fun you know fun trips with my with my uh, with my family. You know, uh, but sometimes we do have you know just you know trips just me and my wife. You know, like uh, third, fourth, fifth honeymoons kind of thing. You know, important, very important. Yeah, just to, you know, yeah, keep the fire burning. <laughs> uh, uh, absolutely. Hey, this is important stuff. You, you've got your head screwed on. You've got your priorities. You know um, you know what's important in, in life. I mean, yeah, just I think so many people are looking forward to um, to, 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 to going traveling again. If, if there's one thing you wish you'd never done with money, what would that be? Have you made one terrible blunder, one terrible mistake that you go, good lesson, but I wish I'd never done it? Ah, jeez. <laughs> uh, I think I invested a few years back in a venture. Uh, I won't, yeah, I can't divulge the information, but I'll just say it went pear shaped. I lost quite a, it wasn't too big, but it was quite a sizable amount of money, you know. So you know, I was kind of thinking it was going to, you know, pay dividend in the end, but it didn't. It just went, I went down south and tanked and I lost a bit of money. Good lessons or just a painful memory? Uh, good lessons, uh, maybe, maybe because of peer pressure, you know, because other people were doing it and I thought it was the way to go. And then at the end of the day, it proved to be probably the worst decision I've ever made in terms of investment. 
I wish I could deal the dirt on it, but I understand sensitivities <laughs> and all these sorts of things. Tendai, thank you so much for coming on. Lovely to have you. Um, good luck in the the, the, the hurly-burly world of CEO and MBA and all of those things which still lie ahead of you. Thank you, Tendai. The Beast, Mtawarira.